Ya Bani Adam, O children of Adam, Khudu, you all take. Zinatakum, your adornment, your beautification. Take your beautification, meaning put it on, where? In the near, kunli every masjid, masjid, place of worship, time of worship. Meaning every time you go to a place of worship, whether it is the Haram Kaaba or it is a masjid, or you are about to perform an act of worship, for example, you are going to pray salah, then what should you do? Khudu zinatakum. Take your zina. Meaning put on your zina. Zina from the root letter zayyanun. And it means adornment, beautification. Over here, beautification means two things. First of all, clothes. Because clothes, like we discussed earlier, they beautify a person. Right? They complete a person, they cover a person, and they also beautify. Just like the feathers of a bird. They complete it, they beautify it, and they cover it. Right? So, put on your clothes. Meaning, make sure you are dressed properly when you go to the masjid. Make sure you are dressed properly when you are performing an act of worship. خُذُوا زِينَتَكُمْ Because the mushrikeen, like I mentioned to you, they used to perform tawaf naked. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbids us from ever doing such a thing. So we should be very careful when we go to a masjid, let's make sure that we're dressed appropriately. Because sometimes what happens is that a woman, she goes to a masjid and she's wearing such strong fragrance and perfume that even men can smell that in the men's side. That's not appropriate. Alright? Likewise, she is, you know, walking into the masjid with clothes that are inappropriate. And as a result, she won't be able to focus in prayer herself. And she'll be a distraction for other people as well. Secondly, zina over here means adornment, beautification. Like for example, a person wears nice clothes when they're about to pray salah. Not that they're wearing their pajamas that are crumpled up. Hmm? That smell. No. Make sure you are dressed nicely when you are going to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Would you go, you know, see a professor or see a friend or see someone whom you respect a lot in clothes that smell, that are not ironed, that look dirty, you look horrible in them? Would you do that? Would you do that? Who am I talking to here? Who am I talking to? So answer me. Would you ever go in front of someone whom you really like, dressed up in your pajamas? No. Somebody was once telling me that they had to drop something off at their friend's house. And they were calling them, calling them, but they weren't picking up. And it was food and they wanted to drop it off quickly. So they just went to their house. And their friend opened the door and she's like, why didn't you tell me? Because she looked very different from how she used to look otherwise. There was no makeup, the hair was not done. She looked like a completely different person. And she was mad at her friend that, why didn't you tell me before coming? Why did you come to my house? I'm not ready. So when we don't do that in front of other people, how is it that when we're praying salah, we haven't even brushed our teeth in the morning, and we smell of sleep, we smell of drool, and our clothes, they're not nice and fresh? How is it? When you're meeting Allah, beautify yourself, clean yourself. Why do you think Allah has commanded us to do wudu? And wudu means you have to rinse your mouth and clean your nose and wipe your ears and wash your feet and wash your arms. Why? 
so that you are very, very clean when you go before Allah. So it doesn't make sense that we're standing in front of Allah and we are not dressed properly. Allah says, خُذُوا زِينَتَكُمْ عِنْدَ كُلِّ مَسْجِدٍ This doesn't mean that you should go to a masjid as if you're going to a fashion show. No. When you're actually going to a masjid, then we know that women should not go wearing perfume that's so strong, that spreads, that even men can smell them. وَكُلُوا and eat, وَشْرَبُوا and drink. وَلَا تُسْرِفُوا And don't do israf, don't be excessive. Stay within the limits, be moderate, because إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُسْرِفِينَ Indeed, he does not like those who are extravagant. Ibn Abbas said, eat what you wish and wear what you wish as long as you avoid two things, extravagance and arrogance. Eat what you wish, wear what you wish, as long as you avoid extravagance and arrogance. قُلْ say, مَنْ هُوْ حَرَّمَ He forbade زِينَةَ اللَّهِ The beauty of Allah. Meaning the beauty that Allah has made. أَلَّتِي That which أَخْرَجَ He has produced لِعِبَادِهِ For His servants. Meaning, all these beautiful clothes, beautiful fragrances, beautiful things that you can use to make yourself look really nice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made them for who? For you. For you to enjoy. For you to use, for you to benefit from. Allah has not made them forbidden. Because like we discussed earlier, people go to another extreme. They deprive themselves of all good things. I'm never going to wear silk. I'm never going to wear patterned clothes. I'm never going to wear this. I'm never going to wear that. No. Allah says, who has forbidden the good things that Allah has produced for His servants? وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ And the good things mean from a rizq provision. It could refer to food as well. Because the good things that Allah has produced for us are many. There are clothes that we wear, that's food that we eat, bed that we sleep on, fragrance that we put on. Could be various things that Allah has produced for our adornment, for our beautification. Who has forbidden it? Allah has not forbidden it. So when Allah did not forbid it for you, then why do you deprive yourself from it? Don't deprive yourself from it. Allah says, قُلْ say, here it is. What is the good things? The beauty, it is for who? لِلَّذِينَ For those people who amanu they believe. Who deserves to use these things? Who deserves to eat good food? Who deserves to enjoy wearing nice clothes? Who? Those who believe. Where? فِي الْحَيَاةِ dunya In the life of this world. Why? Because those who believe, when they eat something, they thank Allah, they praise Allah. And in hadith we learn, that Allah loves it. That when a servant, he drinks a sip, one sip, and he praises Allah. And he eats a bite, one morsel, and he praises Allah. Allah loves it. Allah loves it. That when He has given something to you, you are enjoying it. This is why He says that the believers, they deserve these good things in the world. In the sense that, when they use them, when they eat them, when they wear them, they're not committing a sin. Because they will be grateful. So we need to check ourselves over here. That if I'm wearing nice clothes, do I even remember to thank Allah? Or do I just look at myself in the mirror and I say, perfect, and move on? No. We should remember to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because remember that we should abstain from extravagance and... And arrogance. Stay away from pride. And Allah says, they will be khalisatan. 
exclusively يوم القيامة on the day of judgment. Meaning, in the hereafter, these good things will exclusively be for who? For the believers. Those who have لِبَاسُ taqwa, then in the hereafter, Allah will adorn them. He will beautify them. In the Qur'an, what do we learn about? Clothes of silk, green, right? Even the material is mentioned, the color is mentioned. Likewise, bracelets are mentioned in the Qur'an. Who wears these things? Women. So if you want to wear the bracelets of Jannah, if you want to wear the beautiful clothes of Jannah, then we better beautify our character and our actions today. Because these things will exclusively be for who? Those who believe in the hereafter. كَذَلِكَ Thus, نُفَصِّلُ We explain in detail الْآيَاتِ The verses لِقَوْمٍ For a people, يَعْلَمُونَ They know. And this is why the people who have knowledge, then they have moderation in their action. They are able to implement these verses. They are able to remain balanced. Otherwise what happens? A person goes to extreme. Either he is beautifying himself without any limits, or he is depriving himself completely. There is no balance. Balance is necessary. And it comes how? With knowledge. قُلْ say, إِنَّمَا Indeed not but حَرَّمَ He has forbidden. Rabbi, my Lord, al-fawahish, the indecencies. Allah has not forbidden good clothes. Allah has not forbidden good food. What is it that Allah has forbidden? Indecent actions. And indecency could also be by nakedness or by wearing very short or tight clothing. It could also be in wearing Clothes with pride. Because if a woman is wearing an arbaya and hijab and niqab, but she is proud in the way that she deals with people, she's arrogant, she looks down on others. Your hijab is too short, sister. You don't know? Covering your face is wajib, mustahab. If she behaves like that, then this is what? Is this pride or is this humility? This is pride. Likewise, if a person... You know, comments on others, their hijab is not right, your hijab is bad, you are like this, you are like that, does not befit a person. This is what? Fahisha, indecency. We are responsible that we correct other people. Because Allah has told us, Amr bil ma'roof and nahiyan al munka. You have to tell them. But there is a way to tell people. If we look down on others, and we say, sister, your head looks like a camel hump. That's not appropriate. That's not correct. Allah has forbidden al-fawahish, indecencies. Ma that which zahara, it is apparent, minha from it, wama and that which batana, it is hidden. Meaning every act of indecency, whether it is done openly or secretly, whether it is done at home or it is done out in the public. Allah doesn't allow that. It is forbidden. So a person might say, what's the big deal? If I'm, you know, at home and I'll wear extremely short clothing, which even reveal my aura, what's the big deal? No, this is not appropriate. Because once people asked the Prophet ﷺ about this matter, that how much are we to cover ourselves when we're alone? The Prophet ﷺ said that Allah is more deserving that you feel shy of Him. Because Allah is still watching you. Right? Allah is still watching you. You might say, but nobody's here. So I'll just be naked in my house and I'll walk around in my underpants. No, you can't do that. 
Allah is still watching you. If it's not appropriate to be like that in front of others, you can't be like that in privacy also. Even when you're alone, unless there is a need for that. If there is a need for that, yes. But after the need is fulfilled, then a person must be concerned about covering themselves. Because Allah does not like indecency, whether it is in private or it is in the open. What else has He forbidden? Wal-ithma and sin, wal-baghya and rebellion, oppression. بِغَيْرِ الحق Without any right. Meaning that you oppress others, you take away their right, you deprive them of their share, and you have no right to do that. What else has He forbidden? وَأَنْ and that تُشْرِكُ You associate partners بِاللَّهِ with Allah. And shirk, ma that which lam not yunazzil he has sent down, bihi with it, sultan and any authority. Allah has not given you any authority to associate partners with him. So if you do shirk, now that is something that Allah has forbidden. Wa an and that taqulu you will say Allah against Allah, ma that which la ta'lamun you don't know. So what is it that Allah has forbidden in this ayah? What do we learn? First of all, read the ayah from the beginning. Everybody say, what is it that Allah has forbidden? First of all, Al-Fawahish. Repeat after me, everybody. Al-Fawahish. Indecencies. Which ones? All kinds. Ma ظَهَرَ minha wa ma batan. Secondly, what else has He forbidden? Wal-Ism. Sinning. Thirdly, Wal-Baghi. Everybody say it. Wal-Baghi. Rebellion. Oppression. Fourthly, Shirk. وَأَن تُشْرِكُوا بِاللَّهِ مَا لَمْ يُنَزِّلْ بِهِ سُلْطَانًا And fifth, what is it that Allah has forbidden? Everybody say it. وَأَن تَقُولُوا عَلَى اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ You say about Allah that which you don't have knowledge of. So if you don't know about something, don't say it. Don't make it up. Don't make it up. Acknowledge your ignorance over there. Allah says, وَلِكُلِّ And for every ummah and nation, for every nation, for every people, there is an ajal, a specified term. What does that mean? A time of expiry, meaning a time when they have to depart from this world. فَإِذَا Then when جَاءَ It came, أَجَلُهُمْ Their term. لَا not يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ They seek to defer from Hamza Khara. To defer something, to delay something. Sa'atan an hour. They won't be able to defer it even an hour, even a moment. Wala and not yastaqdimun. They seek to advance, meaning they cannot even cause that time to come sooner than it is supposed to. Every person, their time of death is fixed. They can't go before that time comes and they cannot leave after that time comes. They will go at their set time of expiry. Why is this mentioned all of a sudden? To remind us that we're not here forever. How long will you beautify your body? How long will you disobey Allah? How much can you do that? You're here only for some time. One day you have to face your Lord. What do you have to show Him? When Allah will ask you about the time, about the life that He gave you, and what will you tell Him? Allah, I spend half an hour every day straightening my hair. Really? And I had no time to recite the Qur'an by the way. I was too busy. Too busy. Will this be acceptable? We're not here forever. We're not here forever. We have to go one day. We have to face Allah one day. Allah says, Ya Bani Adam, O children of Adam, Imma if yatiyannakum, They come to you. Who? Rusulun, messengers. Minkum, from among you. Meaning human beings like you. 
And those messengers, يَقُصُونَ They narrate عَلَيْكُمْ upon you ayati My verses. Meaning they tell you about my verses. They tell you about what I have revealed, about what I have commanded, about what I have forbidden. Then what should you do? Ignore those commands? Ignore those verses? Ignore those teachings as if they don't exist? As if Allah never commanded you? No. Remember that فَمَنْ so whoever ittaqa He feared Allah. And what does it mean by fearing Allah over here? That He accepts those commands, those verses, and He acts according to them. What Allah has commanded, He does it. What He has forbidden from, He stays away from it. So فَمَنِ اتَّقَى وَأَصْلَحَى And He reformed Himself. He fixed Himself. Then such a person, فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ No fear upon them, nor will they grieve. Because you know what it is, many times when we read the Qur'an, we see our shortcomings. We see where we are making mistakes. One attitude is that a person says, you know what, it's too difficult. Or you know what, what's the big deal? Everyone does it. So what? If I wear my hair too high, so what if my pants are too tight? So what if I go out wearing full makeup in front of non-related men? What's the big deal? I pray my salah, that's more important. I'm humble in my heart, that's more important. Yes, it's important, but you have to do your islah as well. You have to correct yourself as well. When we learn something in the Qur'an, then we have to change ourselves according to it. Not that we change the meaning of the Qur'an, but that we change ourselves. And the one who changes himself, such a person will be successful. You know why? Because it's the hardest thing to do. Changing yourself is extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult. Think about the sister who has always worn her hair high up. And you know when you have a habit of wearing your hair in a certain way, that it's as though you don't know how to tie your hair in a different way. Am I right? Do you agree with me? Because it's your habit. Doing something different is so difficult. But the one who will undergo that difficulty and even change their hairstyle in order to please Allah, then such a person, لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. And if a person comes up with excuses, whatever, not a big deal, everybody does it. The whole world does it. I saw this sheikh, their wife was wearing their hair like that. You know, I saw the sister, she gives halaqas, she was wearing her hair like that. It's only these ahuda people, you know, they're too strict. Coming up with excuses is not going to help a person. In the Qur'an, what do we learn? That فَمَنِ اتَّقَى وَأَصْلَحَ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ They won't have any regrets. And you won't have any regret either if you change yourself according to Allah's rules. And you won't have any regret even in this world. Even in this world you won't have regrets. Let me give you an example over here. Once I went to this hairstylist and I was asking her that, you know many times it happens with sisters that they have uh, a lot of broken hair from the front. Okay, Meaning there's like short hair coming out always from the front. So she said the problem is that she was a non-Muslim, that many women I've seen who wear hijab, they wear their hair too tight. They wear their hair too tight. So what happens is they're constantly being pulled. pulled. So they keep, you know, the roots become weak. And then they snap off quickly. And then new hair comes in. So this is the problem. So she said, when you wear hijab, make sure that you don't wear your hair too tight. Hmm? 
And I was thinking that if a person has to wear their hair over here, a big bun, then obviously they're going to wear their hair really tight. Correct? Isn't it so? Then you're going to be wearing your hair really tight. You know, if you tie your hair loosely towards the end, then you're comfortable, your head is not going to hurt, and inshallah your hair will be healthier as well. Right? So this is a small example of how when a person fixes themselves, according to the Qur'an and Sunnah, then they have no regrets in this dunya, and obviously in the hereafter no regrets. On the other hand, وَالَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا And those people who deny, بِآيَاتِنَا with our verses, وَاسْتَقْبَرُوا And they become arrogant anha from it. What is istikbar? What is pride? بَطَرُ الْحَقِّ Refusing to accept the truth, that no, I'm not going to do it. Whatever, I'm not going to do it. وَاسْتَقْبَرُوا anha They think themselves too great to do that. They feel as if they'll be humiliated. They'll become small. They'll become less if they don't dress up in a particular way. They're the companions of the fire. And they will abide therein eternally. They will stay in there forever. So we see that our clothing, the way we carry ourselves, it matters a lot. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. يا بني آدم خذوا زينتكم عند كل مسجد وكلوا واشربوا ولا تسرفوا إنه لا يحب المسرفين قل من حرم زينة الله التي أخرج لعباده والطيبات من الرزق قل هي للذين آمنوا في الحياة الدنيا خالصة يوم القيامة كذلك نفصل الآيات لقوم يعلمون قل إنما حرم ربي الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن والإثم والبغي بغير الحق وأن تشركوا بالله ما لم ينزل به سلطانا وأن تقولوا